It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening and welcome to the soup. This is Winter Byron. Hope you guys are ready for a great show. We've got some good stuff in line tonight. We're talking about what should singles do to prepare for marriage. Uh, we also uh, we're talking about the first hour. Uh, we also got some new music by um, a new artist called K9. So we're going to do that tonight in the first hour. Um, and of course, we're going to talk about what's going on in the news. And then, of course, later on, we got a hot topic from the Scoop Nation, and uh, we've got passion talk from the fire starter herself, Miss Cicely Victoria. And before we get into this show, a couple of things. First of all, if you are listening and have any questions or a comment, give us a call at 929-477-2304. Again, that's 929 477 204 press number one if you got any questions or a comment. Before we do that, then let me go ahead and say what's up to my people. Uh, so tonight, let me say what's up to first to Kelly Johnson. Uh, how you doing, Kelly? Hey, doing good. good how are good, you? Good. I am good. Good to have you in the, in, in the studio tonight. What's going on, Miss uh, Shaquilla Willis? How you doing, Q? Hey, hey, I am doing wonderful on this fine Tuesday evening. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. And then, of course, we got Cuzzo, Mr. Rashad, Ray Chan Chandler. What's up, man? He read. You know it. (laughs) Yeah, boy. Up by eight. (laughs) He read. He read. He read. That's what they said. Uh Uh-huh. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Well, let's go ahead and uh, get into this show real quick. So, uh, Kels, I know you're going to kick us off with some news. Yes, sir. And this uh, segment of news is brought to you by Curvy Kitten Clothing, where self-reflection is perfection. And we serve women of all sizes who want to celebrate their curves. You can... Purchase and look at all of the wonderful clothing at www.curvykittenswithans.com. So first in the news, um, that's been pretty hot since Sunday. I know you all heard about the uh, the rogue shooter in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to get back to see. Let me get his name and everything. We know it was such a tragedy. Um, some of us saw the the gruesome um, shooting on Facebook Live. Yeah. Um, which, you know, was crazy. And uh, his name was Steve Stevens. I, I was, how did I forget that? <laughs> I know somebody with that name. But, um, yeah, it started on on Sunday and he allegedly was trying to get the attention of his girlfriend and his mother, I believe. Um, he went mental because they wouldn't call him back. And I just kept thinking to myself when it was going on, why don't they just pick up the phone and call him if they got to tell him to come by the house with the police there or something? I just didn't understand, <laughs> you know, why he had to go through those lengths to get a phone call. Um, But, yeah, I mean, obviously he has some mental issues. Um, The good news is that he um, 
there was a police in, uh, chase that ensued. He actually stopped at McDonald's to order food. Uh, and the employees recognized them and, and called the authorities, so they chased them, and um, they did a maneuver. I think it's called the PIT or PIT remove, maneuver um, to uh, ram into the car, and he ended up shooting himself in the head before they apprehended him, but at least that craziness was over. So I thought that was just wild, to ha- you know, to see that on a Sunday, trying to watch you know, the playoffs and, you know, hearing about somebody on the loose shooting, that was just really crazy. So what do you guys think about it? Did you, did you watch the video? Um, we'll start with Rashad. What was your take on it? I haven't seen a video. Uh, I, I was told about a video. I haven't seen a video. I, um, I'm kind of on the conspiracy theory side of town with this. Um, I didn't pay it much attention, and I still don't. Like, cause I, he killed himself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really don't believe mm-hmm. it now. Like, I, I'm sorry. I know his family spoke and all this other stuff, but y'all know me, man. I'm always with conspiracy, unless it really, really was something that. Like the bombs, that was real. That real and dumb, but it was real. The buddy just shooting somebody on Facebook, yeah, I don't know about that. I I just don't know about it. So you think <laughs> that the, the shooting was staged or fake or? Nope. I just think that, I, one, like I said, I didn't see it. So I don't know how it happened. I don't know what it was about. All I know is what people are saying. And, you know, I just feel like there are bigger things going on. I know somebody lost their life. I get it. No, I'm not saying that that's something small. What I'm saying is is that, honestly, uh, I know there's something way bigger going on. If that's what stopped everybody, like something else is going on. And we missed it because that caught our attention. Okay. So what do you think, Q? I have not watched the video. Um, I will not watch the video if I could at all help it. Um, the Philando Castile video did me in for like a week. So I learned my lesson with watching those types of things live and with real people just does not work for me. So, no, I have not watched it and hoping I don't see it. Um, I think that it's tragic that um, – I, I think it's tragic that this man had to die. Um, and in this way, his family has to live it in this manner. You know, I just – this is just, it's terrible. It's terrible. I i don't, <clears throat> I haven't read a lot into the conspiracy theories and things like that. I've seen enough videos and heard enough people respond to videos to kind of take their word for it. Um, and I see a whole man is dead. So, you know, I can't really, I'm not going to go back and I'm not really going to dispute that part of it. I just think for what I have seen, for what I, what I've been what I've read and what has been reported, it is just a tragic, tragic situation. And I think mental health is mental illness is real, but I don't necessarily know if I'm going to give that 
I'm not going to give him that just yet because um, I'm not sure. He seemed very aware of what he was doing. He was very aware of what he was doing, very, yeah. I'm, I'm, this one is, this one is hard. This, this one, all of them are hard, but yeah, this one is kind of hard to, to elaborate on because there was no connection to this. He just picked a random person off of the street and that's where we are. So yeah, this is a very tragic and prayers for the family, for real. When? <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw it. I watched it, um. But stuff like stuff like that doesn't really affect me I, for some strange reason. But um, yeah, I watched it and it was it was you know it was stupid. For all intents and purposes, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump on the team that says the man was you know mentally ill or nothing like that. I'm not I'm I'm not there yet. But um, I do think that um, I do think that we've got to start making some serious adjustments to what's going on in in our community. Again, I'm not suggesting that the man was, you know, needed mental help, but something was wrong. Like when I say, well, let me say this. I'm not going to say that the man needed mental help, so that's a, 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 a rationale or justification for what he did. That's what I'm going to say. Um, I think that 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 – your mama could not calling you is not an issue. You know what I mean? Like it's it's, it's deeper. Now, in terms of the whole, you know, um, was there was there something else going on? Most likely, it was definitely something going on. I mean, we know all across the board. There's a ton of things going on in, on the, in Congress. There's some things going on, obviously, in other parts of the world. Um, in Syria, there's stuff going on. There's stuff going on with Korea and Russia. So we know all that's happening. So I'm not suggesting. That you know that there's it wasn't a distraction, um, but but I just think that we've got to we've got to stop. And I said I think I posted. I said we got, no, I know I posted. We've got to stop allowing this stuff to be the narrative. And once we learn to stop allowing this kind of stuff to be the narrative, then there's got to be a different way that we're approached. But we continue to allow this kind of stuff to be the focal point of our attention, and so everything else that's going on kind of gets a back seat. And I don't think that that's I don't think that that's wise. Not that we can't focus on more than one thing at one time, but to I think Rashad to your point, we literally let that in, in, in engulf us for the last several mm-hmm. days. And I don't think that was I don't just think that was that was wise. I think so. I don't know. Well, yeah, definitely uh, we want to keep both families in prayer. Um, it's still what's considered a national tragedy. I think as far as him being on, when he was on the loose and they had to shut the city down and things like that, I think that's what kind of, you know, raises, um, I guess, raises it to the level of national news when you have someone out there rogue and, you know, they were there was all kind of rumors about fifteen people and all that kind of stuff. So at least that wasn't true. Um, yeah. But you know, moving on, there's other yeah. things uh, going on. Um, another another thing I thought was interesting was about the um, the White House warning North Korea 
to mm-hmm. Tense America, basically. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, most of the headlines, you know, quoting it that way just really, I guess, caught my attention um, as far as, you know, political news and things like that. <laughs> like, we have really moved to a different kind of culture, even in the news. Like, you can tell with the with the um, the different administration, just it just seems like the news is even reported differently. So for um, the vice president, Vice President Prince, uh, excuse me, Pence, um, to say in his in his speech, you know, that um, basically warning uh, North Korea about their um, nuclear weapons and things, and saying that you know recognize our strength and resolve, recognize America's strength and resolve, and that to look at you know what happened with. Syria as an example um, he also mentioned that um, they want North Korea to abandon their nu- nuclear weapons through peaceful means but that all options are on the table so I bas- I feel like you know he basically drew a line in the sand saying that you know, one wrong move and that we could be on the brink of war or, or striking against North Korea um, so that's something that's kind, you know, it's kind of been to the forefront, but I think it has been overshadowed with other things in the news, and it to me is something really serious. But you don't hear a lot of people; it's not breaking news, I guess I should say. Um, so, what's your what's your thoughts on that? To those of you who think maybe um, the Cleveland shooter was a distraction, me? You talking about little old me? Any of you? I think, <laughs> I think that he is dumb with a capital B. And this is why, first of all, no, it may not all be the same place, but, bruh, they pretty much make everything that you make, Mr. Trump. Like, everything. That's their cousins. They all kick it with each other at some point. They choose them over you. And then this is my other main part, is that as ignorant as it may sound, I worry about Samsung's blowing up. I worry about Sony's blowing up. I worry about everything that comes from across the seas blowing up because they have technology up the yin-yang around here. If they really wanted to say that let's go to war and let's be nuclear and set everything off, you don't think that it's possible that everything that we have is technologically savvy right now could just take off? In one push of the button. I mean, if North Korea, you're talking about? I mean, all of them, cousins, they hang out. Look at him. That's my take on it. All of them. <laughs> Nissan, right. Toyotas, all that. Blow up. Quick fast. In a hurry. Worried about it. So you think you think that they're all so you think North Korea, China, all of all of the Asian countries are going to come together and do something. Is that that's what you're saying? When it comes down to it, yeah. I think they would choose each other before they would choose us. Why wouldn't they? Hmm. I mean what what about America is gonna make them choose us? Trump? Well, I, for one, I mean, I, I'm not this. I'm not saying that it's not a possibility, but I think the fact that there's a financial interest 
that China has with America that at best they want to see us pay them their money back first. Um, and that's, 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 that's I mean, one with China, how many things, honestly, do we have in our possession that say made in China? With that being the truth, how do you owe? How do you owe them? How? Well, they make so money on the money on the dollar on the dollar around here. And no, if they running it like so, a store, aren't they getting a percentage of everything sold? Is it not going so back the, to them? The, to answer your question, it's, it's, it's they owe us because, excuse me, we owe them because we borrow money from them. The fact their imports don't. Um, so, okay, let me let me give it an example like this. If they decide they want to go to war with us, a good, a large majority of the income that they get comes from us. So if they fight us and we stop paying them, then they don't. In, in essence, a lot of their money comes, their income comes. So they paychecks uh, for not all of it, but a good portion of their paycheck stops. The way that they, the other part of it is, is to answer the other question is the reason that a lot of the um, and the the they sell a lot of weight goods and services here. They do have great advanced technology, but a lot of that is because when they ship things here, we don't charge them a tax. But when we ship things there, they charge us a tax, and so it's cheaper for us to buy their stuff that's made there than to buy our stuff that's made here. So. If we flipped it, which is why a lot of people a lot of people voted for Trump because they remember he's talking about bringing all these jobs back and you know and start uh, changing all these trade agreements and stuff like that. A lot of that is a lot of people thought that he was going to make it easier for American companies to do business because he was going to adjust the fact that they make so much money off of us. So that's that's why I'm asking. Why I'm trying to why I'm trying to get. You know why I say that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm highly uneducated in this department. It's just honestly, I think that everybody chooses uh, themselves before us, and it's just because that's just the way it seems. That's what I see all the time. Ain't nobody really siding up with us. I mean, unless we force them to, or they owe us, or something like that. But I mean. We are bullies, and I don't know if anybody else really sees it that way, but I, that's just really what I see. We bully people. We go over there, and we take what we want, and we come back here and make it seem like it was civil justice, and it wasn't. We go picking on people, third world countries and stuff, and taking their resources. That ain't cool. True. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So who want to be that guy's friend? That's what we talk about all the so, time. Are you really being every, friends with that guy? No, no, not so, me. So I ain't friends okay. with that guy. I don't agree. I don't disagree with you. I, I don't disagree in terms of that. We we are very. It's very. We are as a country have gone into several countries disturbed what they do in order to establish some sort of financial gain 
from that country. We, yes, this country has done that and done it a lot. Um, I agree. But I think in terms of who's in, in, in a, let's just assume, let's say there was a world war, it would be very difficult. And I'm not saying it's impossible because it's very possible. But it would be very difficult to see um, countries that hate each other. So really, here, here's what I'm saying. North Korea and South Korea hate each other. And so part of the issue and why we're there is because we have we defend South Korea. And so for North Korea and South Korea now to come together with China and other people to say, okay, now we're going to team up with you, it's not impossible, but would be very interesting seeing as we have literally in South Korea set up like been set up there since World War II. And so we've established a lot of the economy. We've helped them do a lot of things. We give them a lot of foreign aid. We give them a lot of money. We give them a lot of, a lot of support. For them to just reverse and say, oh, by the way, now we don't like y'all after 50 years, that would take something real, I think real, that would take a real big move in order to do that. There is literally a zone, a strip of land that this bot that's like a mile wide, not even a mile wide, that's called the demilitarized zone that separates the two mm-hmm. and is the only place where they can go and where they can go and not shoot each other. So to me, that would be different. That would be difficult. That would be but yeah, difficult. I was is is China is China an ally? I don't think China is an ally with North Let Korea. Let me ask you this. Is China, there not China an Asian China. district everywhere in the United States? What do you say? Is there not an Asian district everywhere in the United States? There's been many places. Yeah. Yeah. That mean that's that mean they set up here too. So as much as we talk about how we set up everywhere, they set up here too. We just don't look at it that way because it's peaceful. People can go haywire whenever they choose to, and if they really was on some haywire, die for admissions. All them buildings could just go up and smoke, and that's a whole city you're talking about. Like, well, I guess we are. It's a conspiracy theory part of this whole thing. It can be done. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, I just, my thing is, man, like I said, you can't bully people forever, and I don't underestimate how people think. I genuinely don't. While we're sitting up thinking nuke them and all that other stuff, who's to say that that's even how somebody is trying to fight America? They probably think we as dumb as some of us think we are and are fighting us from the inside. Well, just While to we be, sitting here just watching everything fly high. Well, no, I think just, just not even to play devil's advocate, but just to bring out another point is that the initiative um, that America had, or the, the, the reason that, you know, Vice President Pence was over there, he was in South Korea, but he was just making right. a statement to North Korea because of the testing of the nuclear weapons. But I mean that you right. know this argument always comes up right before the brink of war. We're always going around fighting somebody because we think they have nuclear weapons. And one right. of the missiles that was launched was um, testing a missile that you know is suspected to be able to reach America. So I think that's why. Um, they're not going, you know, they're not being real aggressive. 
um, even in their in their toggle, just trying to give little hints because you know they want to still feel powerful. But you know, if, if North Korea is planning planning a strike and um, have missiles that can reach you know the United States, then you know that's something serious. So I'm on the on the side of just uh, treading lightly. You know, I I don't think that America should be going in with with that bully mentality in this particular situation. So that's kind of my take on it. Um, yeah. Now I will say this. Now, did you see the parade? Did y'all see the parade? No, I didn't see the parade. <clears throat> I saw bits so, and pieces so, of it. So in the middle of so, what makes this what makes this actually pretty interesting is the White House makes a statement saying, you know, look, we just dropped a bomb. Y'all saw literally they pretty much said, Listen, you see what we just did to Syria. So don't mess with us. And, like, the next day, and this was already planned, so it wasn't like, you know, the next day they have a parade, and in the parade, you know, they when they do their parades, the soldiers march, but they also, like, have behind them these nuclear bombs that they have. Like, <laughs> right, rolling down the street. Like, you know, <laughs> rolling down the street, like, look, y'all good? And, and, he just, and the dude says, look, if y'all want some, basically, if y'all want some, come get some. Mhm. Like, okay, and the, yeah. ain't like, like we're not scared of y'all. And again, and some of that could be, you know, obviously, you know, a, a, just a response. But still, it was it was interesting to see, you know, the 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 he wasn't the president, the prime minister, but he was whoever was on the prime minister make this statement like, hey, here it is. We ain't we, we gonna if y'all want to fight us, we're here. We got we got weapons just like y'all got weapons. And so let's do what we got to do. That to me was actually pretty. It was pretty interesting. Even though, like I said, even though right after that, you know, China actually a- agreed to stop. Um, they stopped. I think it's about coal or something that they get from them. They stopped buying coal from them and stuff like that, which, you know, which is a large part of their their economy. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. This is gonna be pretty interesting. We definitely gotta keep our keep our eyes on it. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Definitely keep an eye on it. Um, and then just real briefly, one story that came up today, um, since so many of us are former Langstonites, um, there was actually uh, another guy on the loose um, that shot a deputy in Logan County today. Um, and they had to close down surrounding schools, Langston University, um, Coyle, Guthrie, um, and Mohaw Elementary because a guy in Mohaw was, uh, I don't know why it's kind of comical to me, but a guy in Mohaw was, uh, a deputy was trying to deliver it, well, actually delivered an eviction notice, and that's what started uh, the drama for this, for this Nathan LaForge. He, um, you know, was mad about the eviction notice and shot a deputy, stole his car, um, and actually went to a gas station right outside of, you know, right across the street from Lynch University, hijacked another car, and um, he was on the run, run out in that area. But they did apprehend him about 2.30, um, and the deputy that was shot, it was later reported that he did uh, pass. He was transported to OU Medical Center, but he did pass away. So, you know, there's a – there's just some tragedies happening all at once, and – um 
I just think it's a different time, and we got to stay, you know, stay alert, um, you know, be aware of your surroundings. And and I, I, this is for me too. I I rarely, you know, watch the news. So if if somebody doesn't tell me about it or show me, I'd be one of those people walking down the street not knowing what's going on. So um, it's definitely a time that we have to be aware of what's going on, and and even our state and the world. Nationally, regionally, so uh, I know did anybody at Langston today? Yeah, I saw it. Yep, I, I heard about Facebook. that one. I saw it on Facebook mostly. Yeah, mostly on Facebook. I was at work during the time that it was going on, so I was getting random live feeds as I was, um, you know, when I would check in of people, I think, trying to share news or different information, but I didn't see many details. <clears throat> yeah, so, well, at least he's apprehended. Um, you know, you don't you don't hear things like that in small towns. Like, yeah, so. Damn, the world is changing, and we have to be ready. So, that will conclude this segment, and we're going to introduce um, a new song by K-9, and it's called It's Okay.
been a hot minute, know it's been a while We haven't spoken in the shadow of a black cloud Now that it's on, just know that I'm okay, yeah Now that it's on, I'm here to tell you it's okay, yeah I know it's been a hot minute, know it's been a while We haven't spoken in the shadow of a black cloud Now that it's on, just know that I'm okay, yeah Now that it's on, I'm here to tell you it's okay, yeah All right, all right. That was K9 with its OK, new song of the night. I kind of dig that. It had a cool little, yeah. little rock yeah, to it. Yeah, I can dig that. Yeah, I can watch yeah. that. Like that. <laughs> all right, we're going to jump into our main segment of the evening, our hot, well, not our hot topic, our topic of the night, which is um, what are some things that singles can do or what should singles do to prepare for marriage? And this segment is brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful you is our specialty. Make sure you stop by elegancebydesign.com to go ahead and get your uh, sexy summer kit ready. You, we've got our Tingle Toes Peppermint Foot Cream, our newest additions to the line, our Sexy Suds Shampoo, and Care for, my, Care for My Coils Conditioner. So go ahead and check it out and get your, your stock on, y'all. All right, so we are going to go ahead and jump into this topic on this evening. And I'm going to just be completely um, transparent. I was telling Wynn that this particular topic kind of caught me off guard or leading this particular segment because um, I have spent so much of my life um, married. So speaking to singles was kind of interesting for me, but he then um, explained that there is a lot that I we've had some conversations and Wynn knows um, me personally aside from the show. So he knows that there have been some epiphanies that I've had even <laughs> 13 years down the line. So he, there, there was a whole other aspect that I could take to look at this. So um, the things that, um, just to start off, that I learned the the fastest was that I knew nothing about what I thought marriage was. Um, I had an idea of what I thought marriage was that I think set me up for those first few speed bumps in what um, real life marriage was set up for. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. When, um, as a woman or as a young woman, because I got married at 20, um, so as a young woman, I had the white ticket fence idea. Even though my mom had divorced and remarried and I had a stepfather situation, my life was very um, white picket fence like. We were it was a nice two parent household that we grew up in. Even my relationship that we had with my real father was pretty pretty cool. So I can't I didn't really have any of the real life struggle situations that I thought, you know, that I that I thought that some other people might have had. But what I did not know was that that was the, 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 the veil that our parents provide for us. And when you are really in the thick of it as the adults in the situation, you really have to do life together. And um, so when I came into it, I thought that we were just supposed to walk into it and it was supposed to be all warm and fuzzy. And, you know, he did these things and I did these things, you know, the roles that we always talk about that are so 
we're they're so dead set on and if he doesn't do this well then he's just not the one for me or if he doesn't get that I shouldn't have to explain that you know those types of things you will have to explain those things in a lot of situations you will um in a lot of situations you will have to adjust you will have to compromise and meet each other in the middle and I think that you know without going into a down a rabbit hole is one of the most um, groundbreaking things for me was understanding that the other person doesn't always get it or doesn't always have that same ideology about it that you do. And it doesn't make them wrong or less prepared or less equipped to love you. It just makes their thought process different. And when you get past that difference is when you can really build the uniqueness that the two of you have. And I thought that, and that when you get past that, that's one of the coolest parts about having your own marriage as opposed to watching someone else's is figuring it out how it works for you best. Um, when I wanted to ask you, because you two have, you have also been married. What was something that you figured out once you got married that was different that you think that, man, if I had known that going into this, that would have been a game changer for me. Oh, good question. I think <laughs> probably I think how to I probably would say the the biggest thing I would have probably learned at, is how to keep everybody at your business. Woo! Yes. Yeah. That's definitely in my yeah. top three. That's probably right after that whole get out of your mind. Yeah. 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 And why so? Why would you say that? Um, because we all—I mean, we all going—we all going to marriage with our own ideals, and most of our ideals come from our upbringing. And so, when we get married, we don't lose those ideals, but we all—even more so—we also don't lose the people who gave us those ideals. And so when you get married, the goal, the goal is for you and your spouse to come up with your own ideals, but it's very difficult to do that when typically on both sides, no, not typically, but every time on both sides, the ideals that you have, right. that work for you and your marriage aren't going to be the same thing that works for the people who you come from. And so you've got to figure out how to – you know, insulate your marriage or almost for a, for a long period of time, really live in a bubble where you decide what's best for you um, amid all of the things that you were taught and what everybody else's opinion, which is difficult, which again is difficult because a lot of it is, is subconscious. A lot of this is just subconscious. So you don't understand how, you know, how the influence of, um, of someone is until it's changed and until it's for, until you're uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think what, well, yeah, I think that's what makes it, what makes it difficult is like you, you, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know until you're confronted and then it's like, Oh my God, I got to change. And now I got to change this. I don't know how to do that. I don't know. Or it makes you so uncomfortable because it's not something you've ever done before. So, Yeah, our check-ins, I think, need to be more vague when we go back in for our check-ins, especially in that first year or so of getting married. And you know what? Honestly, 
that happens before you say I do. That year, once you announce your engagement and things really start to come together, that's when you get um, everyone wants to begin counsel. And that's not even in just church, um, you know, strong church-related families or religious, you know, religiously tied families or anything like that. Everybody wants to then give you counsel when they know you are either about to become married or you are newly married. They are all up in the mix wanting to give you pearls of wisdom and all that good stuff. That's when you mm-hmm. smile and nod. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the information, you know, and, and, and take it in. But that's, I think that's when that is the most time, the, the most, in, the most um, important time to hold your cards close to your vest. Now, if there's something that's going on that you really need to seek counsel on, then that's when you consult your circle, which is your crew, your, your tight people, not necessarily always your girlfriends. What I mean is your seasoned people. They don't always have to be married, but the people that are going to tell you the truth that are really for you and your best interest and are going to give you a, um, a clear pro and con of your, of, of your decisions that are going to allow you to be that sounding board without judgment. And those aren't always the people that you um, come up with because those people love you without your mate. They love you separate from your mate, which is always a plus. That's always a good thing to have as your foundation. However, they are going to see you always at priority over your mate. And I had to learn that the hard way (laughs) because you have to shift your mind to thinking about us. And unless there is a specific, and and this this is my thought on this, so, you know, this is just me, but if there is not a physical harm or a mental harm coming to your person, you have to approach your problems as a how do we fix this. So when you come to those people and ask for that counsel or seek that counsel, you have to then think, I need to even position this in a way that lets them know that I, I want to fix this. Because when you come in your frustration and your anger at the initial situation, that's going to put them on the defensive for you. You know, they want to take care of and protect you. So that from their, that point forward, they're giving advice to protect you and only you. And what you want to do is find those people that are going to want to protect your union. And those are the people that are, are going to want to then counsel you, not necessarily physically together in the same space, but the advice that they give you is going to be advice that's going to counsel you as a couple that you can take back and grow together in instead of trying to separate you. That's one of the biggest things that I think I learned was finding those people that truly and genuinely want your togetherness. If that's what you really, you know, when that's when you decide you want to be together. I want to ask Kels and um, Rashad, I'm going to go Kels first because, um, you know, when, and I have a different type of experience in this, but I want to know what are the things that you think, um, you might be you want you would want to know that you think oh I got this down but is this really you know is this a realistic way I don't necessarily want to say it like is this realistic because I don't want to be like your fact checker or anything like that but I kind of want to know from your perspective <laughs> what is it that you think you could gain from having that insight from um, knowing if I could look into the future what it would what it would be like type of situation Kels I'm gonna hit you first what do you think so okay I'm trying to under, understand. The question. Sorry. So if I could, <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so you said if I could look into the the future of what 
um, marriage would be like? What, like, what would you want to know? Like, what do you think? Um, because I don't want to just sit here and tell you, like, oh, you know, give you this list of things necessarily that mm-hmm. you would want to. I kind of want to include you. Like, what is it if you were? Um, how am I trying to say this? I think I think you're newly. Go ahead. I guess, like for me, one of the the big the big questions is just basically how do you um, how do you keep the relationship fresh, so to speak, for lack of a better term. Like, how do you um, not get bored with just being with the same person, just being around the same person every day? Like, that's a big change, especially if you've been single for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you deal with someone, you know, being in your face uh, every day when you get married. So I guess my question or what I would like to have a tip on would be just how to keep things, you know, how to keep things new, keep yourself from getting um, bored in a in a marriage. Um, that's one thing. Another thing would, you know, definitely how do you balance, um, you know, life, everything that you do in your life or all your goals, dreams, ambitions, things you want to do, um, how do you balance that with your mate? So, you know, how do you balance work, um, entrepreneurship, outside activities, if you have children, Mm -hmm. or if you have a blended family, other children, how do you balance, how do you balance that out too without like going crazy? So those those are the two major questions. Um, I don't want to just start. When do you have something to say to that before I give my my thoughts on that? Okay. Um, I think it's far, and and I like that you asked these two together because I think they're kind of connected. Um, I think giving each other space is going to be huge for keeping the spice because when you spend so much time together, you get so used to being there, you then get irritated quickly over the smaller things. You need your space to do you so that when you do come back together, you have new and interesting things to discuss. If you get so wrapped up in each other, if all of your friends are the same, you only go out together, you only spend time with each other, all of your activities are linked with one another, you cut off the people that you used to speak with and hang out with, and you connected and were your people prior to your union, then you now have become clones of each other. So there's nothing new. After about six months of that, y'all going to be looking at each other like, hmm, Oh, what'd you do? Nothing? No, me? You did the same thing? Work was good? Good? Yeah, okay. You know, and by 10 o'clock, y'all staring at the ceiling looking like, okay, and I'm going to go to bed now. Okay, good night. You know, so at that, there's nothing interesting to share with one another. And even when it comes to the balancing of um, of life, that's where you have to kind of prioritize your you time and your us time. Even when, and especially when you add children, because we get so, our culture these days, is so wrapped up in children and the caretaking of them, which sounds so great in theory. And when we put it on our little billboards and everything, you know, everybody wants to be team super parent, but they're leave, you still have to be 
your couple, you still have to be your individual after those things. So whether in, in, and sometimes our, our children can become our businesses, whatever takes up that priority of we're pouring our all into. Those are the things that we still have to learn how to, in some ways, disconnect from so that we can reconnect to the things that ground us. And the business isn't it, and the children, as wonderful as they are, would not exist had it not been for the two of you. So um, you always have to be able to find that time. You have to make that time. There's no super way to say that. There's no cutesy way to say it. Do the work, make the time. Because that's, that is your foundation. Because if your home isn't together, your business is going to suffer. You know, people think that the way that you're going to cope with that is to, to bore into your businesses. That is a lie. You are not going to be effective at just about anything if you know that when you come home, there is going to be no peace. So those are the things. You have to prioritize that time with your mate to reconnect and just turn off everything else and become one with each other. But not so, <laughs> that is the flip of that. But don't become so wrapped up in one another that all you have are each other because then you're going to, like I said earlier, become clones of each other. All right, Wim? Okay. Uh, I think it from a, if I'm, I would give the first thing that I would say is you got to figure out what the priority is for, for your relationship. Meaning, I think when you're single, you have we have the as single people we have we don't have any really we don't have anybody to be accountable to or anybody else to think about mm. for you know like our vision right now so Kels our vision right now is to grow our businesses as big as they can as fast as they can the best they can you know what I mean and we asleep when we feel like it when we you know when we pass out that's kind of like where we are now but when you get married it turns from that to okay I still want to grow my business as fast as I can, but I have to do that in the confines of where are we trying to go as a couple. So a lot of it starts with just the communication of of what's what's important, what's important and why, you know, and why you're doing what you're doing. And then from there, you kind of just have to, like, I think there are certain things you have to be intentional about doing. So you have to be intentional about, you know, communication. But a lot of stuff, you just kind of have to go with it. Like you just have to kind of, like, let it ride. Like, today I'm probably, like, I'm not going to be able to talk to you 55 times today. I'm not going to be able to text mm-hmm. you <laughs> and cute emojis, you know what I mean, today. I ain't got time. But I know come Friday night at 6 o'clock, it's me and you, you know, and we're going to do what we got to do Friday, and I'm going to shut it down at Friday at 6 o'clock from, you know, whatever. And so – um, I, later I'll get for, like for me for example I know later on in it, I learned how to you know do certain things I've told y'all this before like I knew if I had to preach I would shut it down for the week and I had to learn later on that that wasn't healthy and that was kind of you know crazy to do to somebody so I had to learn how to say okay on Friday night we're going out to dinner no matter what and then you know, Friday night we go out to dinner, Saturday we don't, you know, do whatever we want to do Saturday morning, but then come Saturday afternoon, I'm shutting it all down, and I got to go back to doing what I'm doing. And I'm not going to, you know, and during the week, I'm not going to study until, you know, X amount of time. So when I come home, you know what I mean? Like, so you have to kind of figure mm-hmm. out what boundaries work for your relationship based upon what your partner needs, what you need, and then kind of work it around working around there. But there is no really no way to no set way to do it. You just kinda have to like 
figure it out and mess it up, and then once you get it down, then right. you have to change it again because <laughs> something else going to happen. It's like, <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. Rashad, I'm going to ask you the same question. Is there something that you um, kind of want some insight on or are wondering about as far as being a single man, getting, you know, thinking about not necessarily getting ready for, but um, in preparation of becoming a, a, a husband? Um, trust. How do you get a person to trust you? Like all the way trust you. And then um um I think that's probably the main thing that is like that, you know, hasn't really been touched on is how do you get a person to genuinely trust you? Or how do you get yourself to be able to genuinely trust? One and two. Awesome. That's an awesome question. Can I can I answer that one first? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure can. Let me let me I'm gonna be can I be honest? I think the yep. way to get somebody to trust you, first of all, first of all, you can't fully make somebody trust you. Let me let me throw that out there first. Because some of that trust is, is them having to be in a position to want to trust. So that's first off. But your part is the easiest way to do it is to be completely Transparent and honest, and when I say transparent and honest, I mean don't hide, don't hide stuff. Now, I don't mean don't tell them everything. So one of the things I, I, I always tell people is like there are certain questions that you, in my opinion, are not worth asking. I don't ever think the question how many partners have you had before is that's not to me. That's the question. <laughs> right. Irrelevant. Yeah, but you know, but I think it is. If you're if you're the type of person that's very secretive, that's very you know, um, you know, if we're using today's today's type of stuff, if I want somebody to trust me. Here's my Facebook password. Here's my um, you know here's so you have access to my money. You have access to this whatever questions you ask. And I'm not saying the day you do this by the way, but you know you have access to whatever information you need to make you feel comfortable. Because um, and 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 put yourself in a position where you don't feel like I'm hiding anything or putting you on the defensive. And if you do that over time, and if you operate with integrity over time, then even if that person is struggling with trust, you now have the leverage to ask the question: What have I done? What have I done to make myself untrustworthy to you? And if they can think in their mind and say nothing then you have earned the right to say, then trust me. Give me the opportunity before you not before you begin to treat me like somebody who's who's done something wrong to you. But you gotta have a you have to have a, a career or a history of integrity, a history of being open, a history of being honest, a history of, you know, like if you're if you're the type of person that's always hiding and they know that that's, that your history is that you lie, you can't be mad if they if they don't trust you. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And then if you mess up, and if you mess up, admit it. I screwed up. Hey, I did such and such. I was wrong. And take your medicine. Yep, that's kind of what I was. I'm glad you covered the um, the transparency piece of it of just being an open, honest partner. But on the flip of that, I think building trust 
um, on the long term has a lot to do with how you um, deal with bad situations when trust has possibly been not necessarily broken but questioned, when you haven't necessarily done something that has destroyed us or made me look at you differently, but it has made me wonder, you know, it has tested how you handle who I am as a person or as someone that you love. And those, how you deal with me lets me know that even when things get rough, I know that you are still going to approach me with care, that in however you act, you're still going to act with my best interest. So I don't always have to agree. I may not always understand it, but I trust that you're going to move with my best interest in mind. That's one of the things I think was we get into marriages thinking that everything is just going to always agree and that even when it's rough, we're going to still sit across the table from each other and line it out. Okay, babe, we're good. Okay, we're good. You know, kiss each other and everything is great. No. There are times where you are going to be staring at each other across that table looking like, who are you? You know, and you those are the times where you really have to stop and think to yourself, I know this person. I don't quite understand what's happening right now, but I know that when all is said and done, they got me. You know, and that is what I think allows you to move in those hard times because I've been on both sides of that. I've broken trust and trust has been broken with me. And the thing that has, in all of those situations, that has caused us to, one, become better and stronger from those things, and two, to help rebuild us, I think, as individuals, as no, as has been knowing that through all of the dumb stuff, all of the, the absolute dumb stuff on both of our parts, that when it was all said and done, when we came back together, we are moving in the best interest of each other. And we can see the faults and what we did in the person and not take that into how we love each other. Not always immediately, but being able to get there, I think, is what helps to keep that trust and allows it to become that unshakable stuff that folks like write songs and have movies and stuff about. That I think you got to go through some stuff to really gain that kind of trust. Yeah. That, and that's a part of it. But that's why I think that that's, it goes back to consistency. It's, again... Mm-hmm. And, and and with the consistency or with as you're building it, you know, Rashad, your favorite your favorite thing is is what is it's always about communication. It goes back to that. So even if even if you know if, if there's a situation that comes up that you're unsure of, are you in a position to say, hey, you know what? I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this one. Or you know what I mean? Like that's a especially as a man. As a man, that's a difficult thing for us to. To um, I can't speak for women. I'm sure it's difficult for women too. But as a man, I know it's difficult for us to say, "I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to be that. I don't know what to do in this situation." And I think that uh, that brings a level of trust and um, and security in a relate in the relationship because you're at least because you're at least vulnerable enough or open enough to be honest. And then from that point, of course, you got to do something about fixing it, but. At least you're able to say that. Y'all agree. Okay, okay, okay. Let me let I'm me say, that, that would be the one. I mean, that would be the bomb. That, that would be the bomb thing right there. Like the one thing that's like, uh, you know, I really wonder because everything else is, you know, for real. Just, you know, logic. 
but trust is more than logic. You know what I mean? Like that one, both ways, like being trusted and trusting is more than you can just logically make that one happen. That's a for real. I want to know. How did y'all make that What made you say, you know what? I don't care how long she's gone. I know ain't nothing shaking, Megan. And the only reason I'm calling is because I was worried about you. It ain't no I'm thinking somebody sitting next to you and kissing on your neck. It's I was worried about you. Yeah. Let me Not, let me throw oh, this out. I'm there, used too. to hearing from you every ten minutes or nothing like that either. Just a for real, okay, I haven't bothered you. I let you be out with your girls or wherever you say you at and then when I call yeah. you yeah. I'm not calling to be, you know, on your back. I'm calling because genuinely it's gotten late or something like that. Like, being that there's a genuine difference in the two. Because, like, if I'm calling you because it's for real late now and I haven't heard nothing, that's concern. That ain't me being, you know, the over overly protective boyfriend. But, you know, three, four, five calls, rapid fire, back to back, you know, yeah. he's not picking up. Okay, that, <clears throat> that could be excessive. Let me, let me I throw this that. At you, that could be excessive. Let me, let me throw this one at you, Kazo. But two things you just said that I think that play a part in, in, in that. Number one <clears throat> is, is I think that in order to be trusted, you just said, you just said another part of it. In order to be trusted, you have to be trusting. So you got to put yourself in a position where you are, where you trust that other person. And so there's a level of, you know, there's a level of I got to, I got to give what I expect. So I got to, I got to give you that space. I got to give you that trust that I want you to give me. And then the other part of that is, um, it's being, it's putting yourself in a position, like I said, where if something like that happens, like there is nothing wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong initially, especially if we haven't established a long-term relationship with being unsure about what's going on. So if in, in the scenario you just gave, if, if I'm with somebody and it's out of their norm to not check in or call in a, you know, in a day and they don't do it, my natural inclination is going to be that emotionally I'm going to go all over the place. And I don't think it's anything wrong with that. I think it's it's just again, first of all, you shouldn't go like from zero to hundred, but you should you should not know because we don't have that established that established bond. But it's how you respond to it. I think that that tells what you should you know how you where you are in, in your relationship and being honest, saying, listen, I ain't there yet, and I'm not there yet where that's not something that affects me um, in in a bad way. So I think you gotta you gotta be able to. To be honest, the other thing I'm going to say is, is if you find yourself with a person who's not ready to be trusting, then to me, 37, a lot of stuff going on, I think that um, at this age, our age, if a person is not in a position where they can at least offer some level of trust, then that person is probably somebody who I don't need to be in a relationship with because you got some issues that I'm not, I'm not your daddy and I'm not Jesus, so I'm not going to try to work that out for you. But you got to get healing within your own self to say, you know, that you got to figure that out as to why you can't at least trust me enough to let me go to work without you thinking that I'm cheating on you. Oof. Yeah, we don't need to be. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, you probably don't need to be in a relationship. You need to be. You need to go get some. This time you need to get the whole bottle of oil poured poured on you. Not just <laughs> not the dab will do you. The dab won't do you for that. 
Yeah. Oh, sure. We all over time. Oh, goodness. Yeah, we are. I was just going to say, let's go ahead and uh, let me Sorry. get on into. Oh, wait a minute. I think we have a treat on this evening. Um, the next song that we are going to bless your wonderful ears with on this evening <laughs> belongs to our very own Mr. Winfrey Burns II with In My Mind. Go on and play the, play the music for the people, Win. <laughs> Word on the street. But what does this love mean if you're always giving up? Giving up all the time. Play it. Play that song, bro. 
That's people funny. said play that song, bro. <laughs> so this next segment is brought to you by the great people at Nouveau. That is the great magazine is brought to you by the great people at Global Drive. Nouveau is a magazine that is for the young, the middle class, the Asian, all the ladies, all the ladies. Great reading, great updating, keeps you updating with the uh, good fashions, and what's also going on in life. Also, it's not just uh, ladies, it's also the fellas. So, fellas, it's a good read for you as well. That is an online publication, and is again brought to you by the good people at Global Drive. Now, we are at the section that talks about our hot topic, and today's hot topic would be a very popular phrase that's sweeping the nation here, and... I'm going to get a little definition from it and, and see where people stand on this because it's said a lot. And everything is pound, stay woke. What is woke? Okay. Who who coined the phrase? Who, who, who makes the line of what's woke and what's sleep? Who can determine it as opposed to what somebody else does? Like, what if you end up wrong? So does that mean you were asleep the whole time? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I get it, but I, I, I mean, somebody else might think that I'm asleep, but I think I'm woke. And I don't know. So, where's the meter? Where's the bar? Anybody want to dive in on the stay woke that knows anything about it? I mean, I, I was trying to dig and find if it's like a hip hop slogan or something like that. Did it start in a Chuck D rap or something or? Like, you know, then I, I'd be all right. I'd be like, Chuck D said it. But I, I'm still lost. I don't even know where it comes from. It came from the Illuminati. Well, that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> and we all know how valid that, that source is, you know. I don't know, Rashad. I think it really comes from the the whole conscious movement. Um, I I think it has taken a turn, and it has become a way for people to um, kind of put themselves above those who are not on the same wa- same wavelength. It's, I see it the most when people are soapboxing, and you know, y'all know I'm good for it myself, but I don't I don't use to stay woke because. Um, I'm often on the sleep side, and a lot of the times I see folks posting about stay woke, I'm like, hmm, I guess I'm sleep on that one, you know. So apparently you won't really see stay woke come from me, but I see it most when people are trying to, um, especially in socially charged issues, when they're trying to show differences in how one processes a thought over another or how one does their life over other people, and they, they say stay woke as though you're supposed to see it this way. You know, I think it's a process of how you see something. And if you see it as this is okay, you're asleep. And if you don't, you know, if something is a problem or if you want to change this thing, then, you know, you're woke. And I, <laughs> it's gotten interesting and quite comical, to be honest with you, as as it's grown and, and as, as it's snowballed. It's become real interesting to see what people classify as woke versus uh, being asleep. But, no, nah, I'm with you. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how that originated. But it's it's definitely gotten... Interesting. 
I mean, to my understanding, I would have thought being woke was, you know, one, your melanin, um, being aware of the things that not so much holds you down because that seems gripish, but more or less being aware of things that you want to make a definite change in. Like like how we talk about uh, incorporating black banking, like how we talk about, you know, shopping with each other more, like how we talk about, you know, uh, less bad enough in our businesses and more coaching each other, like for real coaching each other in love, not in, you know, hateful rhetoric, but in love, coaching, you know what I mean? That type of deal. Mm -hmm. That type of thing will fly way better. I think that, to me, that's when somebody is woke. And, you know, I don't want to go around pointing fingers and be like, he woke and she woke. No, (laughs) no, because it's not about separating people. It's about, you know, you, you, when you got the glow, you ain't got to say you got the glow. I mean, as small as, mm-hmm. you know, I always tell people, you know, if you really grown, you don't have to announce that. I don't walk around saying, I'm black. We know. <laughs> Same thing as you grown. Right. You're driving a car. You're paying bills. So what you got to tell me, I'm grown. If you got to tell me I'm gr- that you're grown, then nine times out of ten, there's probably some thought process in you that you ain't as grown as you think you are. And you have to tell me that you're grown. I know I'm arguing with somebody grown. I don't argue with kids. That's what I say. I don't argue with kids. I do say. But I don't say. I, I'm grown. No. Mm-mm. Nah. You don't have to announce what you are. Mm-hmm. Kelsey, you yeah, think I, it was your Illuminati origin? <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> I still think in a way it all stems from that. Whatever the Illuminati came out with all of the the theories about, uh, you know, the Illuminati as a group and everybody was posting about it and things like that, to me, well, I guess in in my personal experience with the whole walk, it started kind of with with those theories. Um, I mean, because Illuminati means, you know, light, light up. so to enlighten, um, in other words, you're sleeping on the issue, you're you're woken, your eyes open, or a term that, you know, we used to say in college, you know, that third eye. So when I, when I hear people say, I'm thinking along those lines, it's along the lines of, you know, just different kind of secrets and things that have come about. You know, in 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 leadership and national business and politics and things like that, um, things dealing with the black community, uh, they think if you don't, if you're not involved or in a constant research mode on those issues, then you might as well be sleep. You're just sleep because you you don't want to you don't want to have your eyes opened to the truth. So that's, you know, I said Illuminati joking, but mm-hmm. serious. Like I should have put the LBS behind it. You know, that's just my take on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't want nobody coming for me <laughs> talking about sleep. Because, I, I mean, I, I, sometimes I like to be sleep when when things get too, I'm telling you, ain't get no too much. Here, I'll say I'm 
I'll say I'm sleep in a minute. Y'all can ask my friends. If it's a tough subject, I'd be like, I'm sleep. And I tell you what, some folks are just entirely too black. Like, some stuff just ain't that black, brother or sister. It just ain't. So, yeah, I'm taking a nap on that issue sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I I think that we've got I think that we do we do take it a little too far sometimes. So I I, I do. We take it too far. And we need to you know, again, I, it, it goes back to just because a person doesn't think like you doesn't mean they're not woke. You know, or they're not down for the cause or you know what I mean? I I think we gotta one of the things we we just do a terrible job at that I think. Like if we don't, if you don't do exactly what I say or think exactly what I what I think, then there's something wrong with you. It's like no, nah, that's not necessarily true. We just we we can think differently. That's okay. It's become a point of we have to. We're it's almost as though we're dividing ourselves as sleep and woke, and there's no a point of bringing us together. There's no medium in that it, it's, it's, and it's and it's in our separating ourselves from all of the the untruth we are keeping each other from sharing the information because of how we are positioning it to each other and i think that's kind of where like what how we how you position to stay woke and how you know how it's as far as um uplifting our people and sharing our black dollar and you know and 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 learning about the things that have been told to us that have been completely you know, incorrect and th- those types of things. Those are the opportunities I think we have to teach each other and to wake everybody up. You know what I'm saying? And to say, hey, there's we have power here. But now I think it's a way to keep information close and to say, oh well, you because you feel this way or because you don't see it like I do. You know, I'm I won't now. I won't continue to share with you because you don't think that I, the way that I think. And I think that that's detrimental to what we're trying to the to the process and i agree sometimes we 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 put too much on it (laughs) we to the point where it becomes overwhelming before we can even dig into the deepness of whatever it is that we need to be talking about because it's just like oh my god we can't get past this point to even see what the real thing is i don't even think i want to go down i don't i'm good i don't i'm mm -mm. (laughs) like yeah some of us would rather take the long nap on a lot of these issues (laughs) Agreed But again I think a lot of it goes back to um, To trying to figure out To figure it out You know what I mean Like figure out what in the world Like I think a lot of it was that we're trying to really figure out Kind of who we are you know, And who we are And what we're comfortable with It's it's that age old thing that I I always say that you know that when you when when you realize it's almost like so, Kels. I I compare it to when you first go over in a fraternity or a sorority. You're like super, you know, you super alpha, you super AKA, you you know what I mean? You that person who yeah. you know every day you gotta wear, uh, you know, you gotta wear Perry every day. You know, anytime you see somebody, <laughs> yeah. I'm, man, don't talk to me. You know, I'm 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 alpha. I'm a KK. You know, I'm and all of a sudden. Like you do that for a long time, and then finally, after a while, you kind of settle down. And it's like, all right, yeah, this is what I'm a part. But you know what I mean. But you're not as jealous about it. And I think right now we're in that phase where people get knowledge, 
and they're just doing like way too much with it, or they get some what they consider knowledge, and they go way too far yeah. with it. And now it's like we've got to come on back a little bit, like calm down. We know you just read your first book, and you watched your first, you know, <laughs> three Doctor Umar Color. videos, and you don't watch, you don't watch Hidden Colors, and so you figured out that everything is a conspiracy. We got it. But you know, we know Jesus wasn't white. We know that. We we know that. We know what Easter was. We know what you know. Like we got all of that. Calm down. Calm down. Right. Like you just got to get to, be to a that point. point. Yeah. To yeah. me, I feel like they there's most people that that cling to this whole woke status. They get so wrapped up in it that I'm like, dude. You sounded like a fanatic. Now you might as well go ahead and get, <laughs> go ahead and get um get you a, a doctrine set up. Go ahead and get uh oh my gosh, I lost what I was talking about. Go ahead and become a minister. Go ahead and get your yeah. get your license in it uh, yeah. because you're you're no better than the than the the fanatic you know the fanatic Christian yeah. um yeah. when when you're preaching stay woke to me. Yeah, it becomes a sermon. If you have three paragraphs talking about why Easter shouldn't be celebrated, you know what I mean, or why we should do this on Easter versus that, I mean, you're you're doing yep. the exact same thing. You have the exact same agenda. Mm-hmm. So, you but know, I, but I, but it, it, just, it goes back to what did I, I said last week. I said everybody's religious. And I was uh-huh. thinking, when I said that, I said it like that on purpose because even your – you know, your person who is a quote-unquote woke, sorry, I need to cut you off, by the way. But that's their religion. Okay? That's their religion now. So your religion, which is the definition of a religion, is really just whatever you practice. So you do it right. consistently over and over again. So you've now made a religion out of, you know, of out of something totally different. And now, and now, But you hated it before, but you're doing the same thing, just in a different way. Like you, you mm-hmm. are now that person. We refocused it. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like when everybody it's, went non-denominational. I was like, not non-denominational, go become a denomination. And sure enough, what is it? <laughs> right. You got people coming to get, becoming a bishop. I'm like, what you a bishop over? I thought we were non-denominational. <laughs> who was in that group with us? What other right. churches? Who's the umbrella? Who's over us? Like, how are you a bishop? Yeah. What you a bishop over? The church? Oh, you over the over non denominational over, over non denominational church. Yeah, that's what we've done. Everybody's religious. So, so it's the trip. But but speaking of religion, um, someone had mentioned in the in the scoop group today about um, you know, religion is such a part of us that, you know, with the whole um family of the, you know, the deceased with the Cleveland shooter, how they were forget you know, already have heard say they were have forgiven um, him for, you know, killing the grandfather and all that. Do you think that religion um, has taught us to be so forgiving that we don't have, that we're too forgiving now, that we don't have fight, or that that keeps us, you know, docile or or because of the the religion and the teachings? Sure, I'll let you answer that one first because my answer going to be. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah, honestly, and that's just because we are forgiving. Um, 
Yeah, there's no curb. There's no around that. There's no. We're forgiving people. We just genuinely are. So let me let me throw this out. I mean, is that I, a bad thing? Is that a bad thing? To some degree, yes. How so? Why is it free? Why is it? Not not to the point where, you know, vengeance is ours or that we should start playing the role of God or nothing like that. But at the same time, man, it's like, do you just willingly, when you know you finna fight Johnny, do you just willingly let Johnny beat you in the face and and take that punishment? No. So I mean, in the same token, it's like, man, we got you got to fight for something, man. Like something you got to stand up for. Like you got to. We'll fight each other on the corner about something silly, but when it's something huge, we just let it roll and let them take us over, and then we forgive them. I mean, at what point do you care? I think, um, yes, I think religion coupled with our need to be equal has affected our our meter for what we should allow forgiveness for. Um, I think it's allowed us to be manipulated, and that's where it's become a bad thing. Um, I think that, with, like, for instance, with the situation here, I, I believe that they were so quick to say they were forgiving out of grief. They are trying to cope. They are trying to figure out all the ways possible to bring themselves comfort. So if I forgive this person that's brought me so much pain, my wonderful God is going to bestow this peace over me because I'm not holding on to this additional pain. Um, you know, and I, see, and I think we really do that when times are critical, when times are tough, and, you know, when, when we're tr- when trying to cope with something. And in situations where it's like social injustice, I think we are wanting to say, okay, we're mad. We recognize that you've done something wrong. But if you recognize it and we say we forgive you for this and you accept our forgiveness for this, and at some point you're going to say, oh, well, I won't do this again, and then we'll be able to join hands and sing songs. That's not working for us. So in that regard, I think we have to be more discerning with how we hand out our forgiveness. And we can move on and still be, you know, go do life, but there does not have to always be um, where we are wiping a slate clean, so to speak. And I just think that's because we, and I, and I, I know I'm all for, I'm all team forgiveness and everything, but I think there has to be forgiveness when, there's forgiveness when you are in, in these types of situations when you're not putting yourself in a position to have the same thing happen over and over and over again. That's why I think it just feels like it's manipulation at this point. They expect us to forgive because that's what we do, and we're going to do it in hopes that you don't do us wrong again, and then here we go in this cycle all over again. So that's why I'm kind of over the whole, well, we forgive you. We, we, we just want to wrap our arm. Even Anderson Cooper was like, you forgive him. Like, he was, I mean, and that mother Luther came across his face. I looked at Anderson and said, baby, check that out. Even Anderson was like, wait, what? <laughs> because it's just hard to even understand that even in, within 48 hours of your grandfather being innocently shot down in the street, you're saying, I want to wrap my arms around this person and give him a hug. Hell no. I'm not hugging you. I can hug you all right. I'm going to hug you all right. 
you know, yeah, you, yeah, I'm gonna show you some love, you know. So that's, I just think we, we, yeah, there's, there's some work to be done there. Kelly, what about you? I mean, I, I guess I don't really see it like that because I'm, I'm one of those people that that's not the. I try to be, you know, treat people how I want to be treated, but I'm not quick to forgive. So I guess I don't, I don't, I don't see it like that. Now, yeah, this particular situation, yeah, that was a little bit much. I, I don't, I don't know if they were trying to be political, politically correct or, or or what was going on with that situation. But as a whole, I guess I really don't. I don't see us as being forgiven. I think I just see us as being stagnant. And maybe we use, you know, the the forgiving pieces. You know, I don't I don't want any drama or something like that. But I don't know. I guess I just I really don't see it like that. Mhm. So, all right. So my my answer is this is that I think that, first of all, I think that the level of forgiveness that we have is actually um, not, we're not forgiving enough, let me be honest. I don't think that we're forgiving enough. I think that we say that we forgive. We forgive somebody for the sake of looking like we're, like we're good Christian people or good people, but but we never deal with the internal pain that, whatever has happened has caused. So that in that regard, we haven't let it go, so we haven't really forgiven. To what you all are saying, um, I do think that when because we say that we're supposed to forgive, what we do is we, we do put ourselves in a position where we're afraid to, to fight certain things. And the truth be told is that is really bad um, biblical teaching because there is nothing biblical – in the Bible that says that you can't, that just because that you can't fight. As a matter of fact, the majority of the entire Old Testament is fighting. And most of your New Testament is fighting. So it's not about, I think what we've done is we, we've taught people how uh, incorrectly that when we say when we forgive somebody that that means that we're supposed to automatically um, not do anything. What really what forgiveness says is forgiveness actually says that I, I, as a human being, cannot or do not have the ability to enforce whatever penalty I think you should have on you. I'm not going to hold that against you. So I'm not going to say in this instance, let me, if I would use the instance, I can't say, Mr. Ohio guy, I think that because you hurt my grandfather, I think that the appropriate thing to do is to kill you. That's what forgiveness really says. Forgiveness says that it's not my place to punish you. What 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 we're supposed to do is we're supposed to release that. We're not supposed to say, I can't be angry, I can't um I have to have a relationship with you. I gotta hug you. I gotta think you're great. There is nothing that says that. What that comes from is restoration. Restoration is the place 
biblically where we're taught that if a that that a person does the goes through the process of restoration, then we can get back to that point. But before there's restoration, there has to be restitution, which means that you got to pay me something in order to try to make me whole. So if I steal Shaquille's car, I can't in turn be like, whoops, forgive me. You know what I mean? Like, no, I can't do that. I got to give her her car back to restore her <laughs> back to where she was before she was, you know what I mean, before I stole her car. And and so what we do is we don't hold people accountable to that. And that's where where we, we confuse restoration with forgiveness. Like, I can forgive you. I just don't, I understand that it's not my place to say you should die. That That's what you get from me. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to put myself in the same position over and over again to allow you to hit me. That's stupid. And that ain't in the Bible. So we teach people wrong. We teach them that restoration is forgiveness, and it's really not. Like, you don't, you can be mad. You can have emotions. You can say, I'm not going to deal with you because you don't know how to treat me. You can say because this relationship is abusive, I'm not going to continue to maintain. I'm not going to continue to put up with this relationship. You can do that, but you can't say, "I think every white person needs to be." You know that every white family who who killed slaves, we should hang one of them. They they people so they can understand what it's like for my. You know what I mean? I understand what it's like mm-hmm. for my ancestors. We can't do that. That's what we can't do. That's the difference. So I just think we got. I do think that bad teaching has made us a little too docile. But the truth of the matter, again, is 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 Jesus was a fighter. Like David was a fighter. Like his song, his entry song was, "David Saul has killed thousands, but David has killed tens of thousands." Like dude was a gangster. He was a thug. Uh-huh. Let's just call it what it is. So if we like that, it's because I'm a thug. Really He's a thug. I mean, what kind of person are you if you literally walk up to the biggest, baddest dude and, like, kill him with a stone? You killed him with a rock, then took his sword, cut his head off, and stood there with his head in your hand, hold, showing his the rest of his people, like, what y'all going to do to me now? That's pretty gangster. Yep. All right, my diatribe is over. <laughs> the doors of the church are open. <laughs> Will you come? Doors of the church. We'll let me one make all offerings, make all checks pay up. No, I'm kidding. All right, we got to get to um, passion talk. Ah, passion talk. All right, we got to get the passion talk with yeah. our fire starter herself, Miss Cicely Victoria. She's going to give us. Um, I think this is week two of the worst time to be in a relationship. So, Miss Cicely Victoria, the fire starter, how are you doing tonight? What is up, my scoop squad? How are we doing? Hey, hey. Good. Good. Hey, 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 hey. Now, okay, I need some clarity. Um, so, because I like to be, you know, synchronized. So, are we soup squad or are we soup nation now? I need to know, you know what I'm saying, because I like to be inclusive <laughs> of what's really going on. Okay, so what, 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 Mr. Winifred Burns, help me, help the people. 
So we can so the know nation food, I need food to know. nation is the name of the, is our group. So those the people who follow us, they're the that's Scoop Nation. That's what we went. Scoop Nation won. The yep. people are the nation. Yeah, and, and we squad. are the squad. Is that oh yeah. boom? I knew Keela could help me. I knew my girl Keela was gonna have my back. Do you understand? Just get a woman the mic. That's the lesson for tonight. Just get the woman the mic. That's the lesson. Hello, Pastor Talk is done. Thank you all for chiming in. This has been Sister Victoria. No, just not. <laughs> Every man out there listening, listen, your years will be long if you just give the woman the mic. This is Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. No, you don't get no say here. Uh, my business is to train and equip people to find their voice of identity so you can tell people, please, you're being empowered, encouraged, confidence, and communication. I am a certified professional coach. I'm a counselor as well, everyone. And I set people's lives on fire for a living as a queen of empowerment. That's why they call me a fire starter. Welcome to Passion Talk, where we give you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. It is my awesome pleasure to be with you on tonight. And this mic is hot. Y'all been deep up in here, brother minister, and took some of my time. I just got to send my uh, offering in. Okay, I hope you take some swipe. Yes, but it is wonderful. I am loving the dialogue on tonight. Y'all done fired me up. You done fired the fire starter up now. You know you're doing good when you do that. So this is part two. Everyone, yes, <laughs> yes. This is part two, everyone, of seven worst times to start a relationship. And I was so excited uh, to see on tonight that uh, we were talking about relationships and, you know, what you need to do prior to starting one and, you know, how you need to get yourself ready. So um, this is right in line with that because these are the things definitely that you want to stay away from, right, in, as it pertains to starting a relationship. So it's going to fall right in line with that. Reviewing real quick where we came from on part one, okay? Number one, first time, this is in no necessarily hierarchy order, okay? It's it, it's not comprehensive. Um, just seven of the ones that we are going to share. So number one is cuffing season, right? We do not start an intentional relationship on the premise of the cuff, okay, on the premise of the cuff. You do not. You do not because it's trending, okay, because it's certain, you know, times of the season or what have you, because it's the end thing to do. Um, so that may not be the best time for you to start a relationship if you know that you started it on the premise of the cuff. Number two, you do not start a relationship, absolutely not. Do not cast gold. Do not collect $200 when you don't know your identity, okay? You have no idea who you are. You have no idea who you are not. You don't even know why you're here. You don't know what problems you solved. You don't know, you know what I'm saying, what you got to offer. Just just, just nothing, okay? you just, just, just a blank slate. It's not good. It's not good. You cannot start a relationship if you cannot communicate and articulate clearly the individual standing before you, okay, so get some standards about yourself, get some non-negotiables, okay, get um, 
be in a place where you can articulate that. Number three, uh, when you're bored, right? When you're boring and I'm bored with you, okay? You don't start a relationship, okay, when you're bored and you're boring, right, and I'm bored with you, okay, because you're complacent, you're comfortable, you're just not making good decisions, you're not aware. Talk about being asleep, right? Those people are asleep, okay? They're definitely asleep. They are not the woke ones, okay? They are asleep, and any good old thing will do. And number four, starting on tonight, worst time that you're going to start a relationship, everyone, is when you're lustful and you're lonely. Can I get an amen? Okay, when you're lustful, and you're lonely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to preach up in here tonight. Just wait for it. Okay, so, <laughs> all right. So when you're lustful and you're lonely, not the best time to start a relationship because, listen, when you're horny, almost any old piece will do, okay? So you have to be very cautious during this time and regulating what is going on inside of you. Listen, Okay, we all have our moments, okay, when we get a little hot and bothered. That is humanity, and it will happen. But listen, there are things that we need to keep, you know what I'm saying, undergirded and intact about this so that we don't lose our cool and thinking it's the time to find someone and, you know, stick around with them for a while. So women, my beautiful women, let me talk to you for a second. We have to be real, right, about what goes on with our physiological bodies uh, approximately at a certain time every month, okay? And so you know where I'm going, okay? You got to watch your calendar, okay? So you got to watch when you're going to have urges that are pretty certain to come, okay, physiologically, right, um, going on with you at least one time every month, okay, because your body will be hinting to you at that time, and it will be screaming and saying something like, it's seed time, right, it's seed time, that's what the body's going to be <laughs> screaming, but, okay, that does not necessarily suggest to you that you go out and try to find some seed, okay, in Sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds, you know, say any kind of seeds. No, there's not necessarily suggesting that, okay? So you have to know what you need to do around those certain times of the month when you know your body is going to be heightened, okay, and it's going to be suggesting some things. You've got to have strategies. We're going to talk about that later. Also for women, typically around, you know, certain holidays, you know, romantic holidays, right, the Valentine's Day, maybe the sweetest day, even though they say that's for the men. It can be Christmas. Women can use any old thing. It could be Easter, okay? It could be a, a romantic holiday. You never know, okay? But you can get caught up trying, uh, trying to relive something that you saw on Lifetime, okay, in the Lifetime movie. We all love our Lifetime. If you're a woman that hadn't binged on Lifetime at least once, okay, I got to question your womanhood. But, you know, we try to relive things that we've seen on Lifetime, not remembering that the movies do go off, okay, people. I do want you to hear that, okay. Movies go off, but our lives keep going, all right. And some humans are not easy, that easy to get rid of, okay, when they keep going. So you want to be sure that you're not trying to relive a lifetime experience, okay, in a real life, okay? Leave a lifetime for the movies. That's why it's called entertainment. Now, men, okay, let me talk to my wonderful kings real quick. Men, you have this issue, too. Don't think that you know. You don't have, you know what I'm saying, a physiological issue, but I think that your loneliness or vulnerability um, and most lustful times can come typically 
Now, I will say for all, from, you know, usually any man that's at any time, you know, they might get that stereotype or whatever, but there is a certain time when a man typically, I think, uh, in general doesn't do well, and that's when he's just broken up with the woman that he loves or cares about, okay? And and the most, um, at, at that point, in that moment, there is a pain that may be attributed to a man. He's coming in contact with those emotions that he doesn't like to feel, and he doesn't want to feel them too tough. So he's going to try to do something in order to divert that attention and take the pain away. Okay, we call it what? The rebound, right? So you're going to go, you know what I'm saying, and attempt to get something, someone actually, in order to get over what it is you just experienced. That is the worst time, um, my beautiful kings, to try to start a relationship, even at a temporary time. Now, for both men and women, okay, this is both attributed to us. Um, if your love language is physical touch, please pay attention to this. Oh, my Lord. One of my love languages is physical touch, okay? So I know this well. We need three times the caution, all right, in this department because we are naturally a touchy-feely type of people, and you understand when you start to touch and feel maybe in a, a, a frequency or maybe at a, you know, a rapid pace or, you know, with the right type of individual, right, it may lead to something that you feel, may think that you feel that that you want to extend, but really it's only your love language talking. It doesn't mean that you need to seal the deal on that thing. I need you to catch that, okay? You just have to have greater awareness about your love language, and you need to do put proper parameters around your love language, okay? There are proper boundaries that you can place about that. So your life work, listen, your life work for being lustful and lonely, this is what it is. Um, I need you to brainstorm five to ten healthy distractions for yourself at these times, okay? I teach my clients about healthy distractions. There are such a thing, all right, things that will not lead to your demise after it's said and done, right? So that may be phoning a friend, right? Remember the, uh, remember the millionaire uh, game, right? Phone a friend, okay, when you when you get a little hot and bothered, okay, when you're thinking about doing something and you tempt it. It could be exercise. They release endorphins. They release happy juice. They release uh, the feeling of, of the hormonal thing. They help to regulate your hormones and things of that nature. When you do that, uh, you know my go-to is the sauna. I love it very much. And by all means, stay in the public, okay? Please, public activity is your friend. When you're feeling lustful and lonely, okay, don't get somewhere caught up in the dark in the corner with the lights off, all right? Number five. Okay, number five, number five, uh, when you, worst time to start a relationship, when you are actively waiting for mating, please listen to this. This is so, so very important. When you are actively waiting for mating, what does this mean? This is a sensitive time when you know you are in position to be found, ladies, or men, when you are hunting strategic game, if you will, okay? You are hunting on purpose. You are hunting for purpose. You are dating for mating or dating for courting, if you will, okay? You've heard of the counterfeit typically comes before the promise. I believe a lot of us have heard of that, right? Like in the case of Ishmael and Isaac, that was a, a, a time in which uh, there needed to be a higher level of sensitivity there needs to be a greater level of patience in order to get what was properly ordained for Abraham. Now, more than likely, 
and when you are waiting intentionally for mating, you're going to be a prime picking at that time. At least you should be. I mean, your honey is going to be the sweetest it ever has been. And do understand that honey is going to attract everything near and far to it. So just because you are waiting for your Boaz, quote, unquote, or your Jose or whatever biblical character you want to um, name them, okay, when you are waiting for that individual, do know that you're going to be attracting other people too because you just got to going on like that. So you need to be sure that you stay on your watch and you don't settle. You have to be very careful not to entertain what does not suffice, nor does it qualify. Please hear me. But first you have to establish what your qualifiers are. See, most people don't understand what doesn't qualify because they never establish what does qualify. That's what you should be doing as a single, okay? Establish for yourself what your qualifiers are. Then you will know even when to pay attention or when to keep the mute button on, all right? Because if they're not talking your language, why are you listening? We need to do this as singles, okay? You won't know um, when you're settling if you don't define what settling looks like for you. You have to know what settling looks like. I don't care. People can call it shallow. If they want, I call it streamlining. I only got a certain amount of time to pay attention to a certain amount of people. I can't give everybody my attention. That is looking my way, okay? You need to have a certain stock in you for me to even be able to turn my head. Please hear me, kings and queens. Okay, you have to do this for yourself. Your life's work. And this is where we're going to conclude for tonight because I see I'm going to have to do a part three, okay, because I was ready for y'all. We're going to have to do it with those questions and uh, answers on next week uh, when. But the life work for this one, this actively waiting for mating, okay, you, I can help you to know how to do this. I need you to chronicle who you are actively waiting for with clear and concise precision, okay? I need it to be detailed, description. You can always trail back. You can always pull back, but I want you to go for it. In coaching, we call this visioning. I need you to do a visioning activity, okay? I need you to just launch out, and I need you to brainstorm and write down until you can't write no more what your ideal mate would look like, what they would sound like, what their behavior would look like, how would they emotionally be packaged, what would be their value system, what would be their, you know, uh, preferences or, or uh, their spiritual belief system, whatever it is. I need you to vision that individual. And then you can trail it back, okay? But you need to, some people haven't even done the foundational work of writing things down. So they just take whatever comes their way and whatever is cuter, whatever pays them attention. And it's time out for that foolishness. Please, I want you to make your request known, okay? Please make your request known. It's biblical to do so. I need you to establish what you really want. So this is for all of my beautiful singles out there, those who are intentionally waiting for mating. You need to do your homework, or as I call it, life work, okay? It's time to get out of, uh, out of lustful and lonelyville and needs to set yourself up for what, what it is that you really want and stop playing games. Uh, question. Mm. Well, that's how you put a cap on that conversation. All right, then. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm enlisting questions. Listen, for those who are uh, Scoop Nation, okay, I'm enlisting questions. 
I want to know what you want to know as it pertains to, you know, starting a relationship, ending a relationship. Give me your questions. Drop the questions and when, you know, uh, in in Wynn's post or what have you, you know, when help me out with that or whatever, I'll post it on my wall. But I want to be able to hear from you because I love to customize uh, my services, okay? So do that, and we're going to um, attack those things on next week in our Passion Talk to conclude our April, right? And we're, we're going to hit the last two points as well. Uh, I pray that sounds good. Are we good? Good. Yeah, this is tonight because the second offering is coming to me. The first one can go to mm-hmm. win, and I'm gonna need you to give me the rest uh-huh. of what you got in your pockets. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all. This is just Lee Victoria. There yeah. are no questions on tonight. Is there somebody out here? Is there Rashad? Hey now. Hey, Shad. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. This is Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. Thank you for listening to Passion Talks, you guys. I'm a certified professional coach, counselor as well. I am the queen of empowerment. I set people's lives on fire for a living. That's why they call me the fire starter. You have chimed into Passion Talk, where we have given you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. I love you all the life. Until next week, stay in purpose, stay in power, stay in passion, and stay on fire. I'm out. Mm. Where is it? Where is it? And another one. <laughs> and another one. Another one in the book. Mm. All right. Okay. All right. I say, so if you leave me the mic, you know what I'm saying. Is it time for a song? <laughs> <laughs> and do I get to just say one? <laughs> we are actually at closing remarks. It is not. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. I got, I, got I got it. Hold on. So let me, okay. let me close Okay, this okay, okay. We got to go. Um, so we got last week, uh, for those of you guys who don't know, one of our Scoop Nation people. Uh, actually uh, passed. So we want to um, take a moment just to give our condolences um, to the family uh, and the friends of our brother, Mr. Antoine, revved up Pro Cutler, um, who, um, again, last week last um, uh, passed. And so he is definitely someone who even who affected our lives for with his humor, with his support, with his just being who he was, and so um, we wanted to um, we wanted to say thank you, um, not just thank you, but we, uh, to him uh, and tell him that we hope that he rests in peace, and to thank him for everything that he was to us. Um, if you listened to the show two weeks ago, he was the one that called in and was singing <laughs> and was singing on air, um, and so he was just always a support, a great support. And so we want to say um, that we're definitely going to miss our brother, um, and that, um, and yeah, that's yeah. So I'm trying not to get emotional. I just want to throw that out there, but um, yeah. So he also did in closing what we're going to do. He also did the uh, Kirby Kitten song, 
And so we're going to as we uh, close the show, we're going to close the show with our Kirby Kitten song that Rev did and say thank you to Rev and Kelly Don't Cry. Um, so we just want to say thank you. Thank you to all of our listeners. We really appreciate you guys. Um, and if, we, if, if you don't know, please know that we love you and that we appreciate you. And that the people who are around you, please take the time to tell them that you love them because we don't know what tomorrow is going to hold, but we want to make sure that we do can with today. So have a good night. Have a good rest of your week. Don't forget to listen to The Word on Wednesday tomorrow and to Queen Conversation on Thursday. So this is the Kirby Kitten song. Uh, with Rev that pro wrestling team. Right there's a brick house, thick and she's proud as she walks with her head high. Make you do a double take when you drive by. So many women want to be like her, paying a lot of money just to get them some curves. God gave her beauty when he spoke in his word. Hey, BBWs are walking the earth. She walks into the room and makes you look at a swerve. Work it, work it, little mama, that's perfect. Curvy, 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 curvy. Like a boss, she knows that she's worthy. Put your hands up and let me look at them curves. Oh, now that's perfect. I'll be the service. Why must I feel like that? Looking at the curvy She's curvy. She's worth that. Curvy kiss. Made me want to chase the cat. Catch me out. Rest in peace, Ralph. Have a good night. We'll see you all next week back for another edition of the Scoop Radio Show. Have a good night. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.